In a lot of mainstream disability rights activism, we're not doing enough to consider and accommodate for the needs that immigrants have and the needs that refugees have. And as you'll hear in today's episode, plenty of services built around resettlement and employment for immigrants and refugees don't have accessibility for deaf or disabled people built into their programs. The episode today is a panel presentation hosted by Disability Art and Culture Project. Welcome, everyone. This is Disrepresentation, and this is a program of the Disability Art and Culture Project. Tonight, we're really lucky to have Abdi and Sara here to do a presentation on refugees with disabilities and some of the systemic issues that are happening in our community and probably others around services and um, accommodations and access. Hello, everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. And we like to listen our story and what we like to do for awareness about the disability, refugee with a disability. So my name is Sarah Hersey, and I'm a student still at Portland State University getting my Master of Social Work. And I really came to this country not knowing any English, so I started ESOL and BCC is, was Cascade, was my BCC big time. So, and now I'm doing my master in VSU. So what we like to share with you is the journey and how really, really challenges it is about for us as a second language and plus with a disability to get these resources when you are struggling, uh, when you wanna make a life this country and how really tough is to go that places. So we, like to talk about that, so. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, welcome, everyone. Thank you for coming and listening our story and how to be disabled and refugee and immigrant in this country. So my name is Abdi Mohammed, and I was born and grew up in Somalia, and I came this country in 2009 with a very limited English. And I had a dream that every immigrant and refugee camp this country has. So achieving that dream was not easy because of my disability and the other challenges that every refugee who came in this country go through. Plus, but I have to walk as money five, ten times the non-disabled refugee and immigrant. So that dream achieving, I have to work very hard and my English was very limited, lack of, and there was no a lot of services that was helping or designed to refugee with disability. There was a lot of resources and organizations that help with other non-disabled immigrants, but for disabled refugees, when you come in this country, there's very limited resources to help you achieve your dream. So I went to BCC, started ESL from the 
beginning through when I finished ESL, went to college, then transferred to BSU. I just finished my bachelor this year. And since I go through, through that journey and that struggle, and Sarah went through that, so we think about what other disabled who are not working that hard and isolated at home, how can they come out and do the same thing? So I was member of the, me and Sarah, we member of the Disability Leadership Academic in the city of Portland and Disability Justice and for the art and disability art culture and the real project. We're working with the disabled organizations around the state in Oregon. And this is how we wanna work with other disabled people. So going through these challenges, there's a lot of disability immigrants and refugees who stay home and children who is not getting that education. So me and Sarah tonight, we wanna talk about the challenges they have to go through. So we will talk about some of the stages that has to go through to be disabled refugee in this country, refugee with disability. So that's about some of the stages that have to go through is that the individual disability has to, when this came, came this country, came from Africa, there's another identity, but when you came this country, these individuals, they have to understand how they will live. So Sarah, if you wanna talk about how yeah, we, that stage goes. Okay. We we talk about like dividing by uh, three stages, but more than that. But we catch up for three kind. First stage, like you arrive this country and you just wanna have like your sibling or your other friend or whoever come this country to have the education and job. You know, you work hard and if you work hard, you can get something. Those kind idea. So. First, you have that dream and that's our beliefs. And then what happened is like you come and the cultural organization or disability agencies or community colleges is so difficult to get there in first place. Number one, you need to know how to navigate for the, the, the city or the system and then how, where you ask help and who you ask help. So you come with a family at the same time, family itself are uh, uh, dealing, understanding like how they can trust their child or their uh, daughter of a son to let her go or to, to become their own independent with a disability because where you come from, they didn't have those resources. So what first we dealing is finding our own strength and what we can do and educating at the same time the community and family you come from it. And you wanna be like, you know, understanding those three challenges you just have to go through that first stage, which is like finding what you can as an individual with a disability, or you didn't know before exist, like if you are blind or, or 
difficult situation like you never had a school or you never know blind person can take classes or doing something so in it's you internally you are fighting with yourself to learn on that now it comes to the family and the community to educate at the same time which and you also don't know what resources can help you you don't know how you're gonna get there everything you blame in your eyes if you don't do it because you can't see it which is so hard to know what you can what you have right to know and what you know possible how you speak yourself who will speak for you because the community and the family you come from don't know your where they can go and uh, and it's hard for anyone to advocate for you that's the first uh, huge challenge so this is the where people then some people will isolate at home and some people will fill in up and fill in up to go to get the first to learn the language talk about second yeah i uh, saying coming with the challenges community is a big thing also in we come from back home a culture where you have to being disabled is nothing there. You have to stay home. You don't have the right to go to school. There is no resources that help you. Even if your family, actually every parent or every individual in your family loves you, but in the society, there's nothing help you go out. And sometimes it's, it's a shame not just the accessibility outside, but also in the family. So when we came to this country, still that mindset in that community still exists. So in that family, if they don't get support, uh, because me and Sarah work with uh, so many children now who don't have any even resources, they they stay home. They go to school, but there is no resources that help. Some of the children have a developmental disability, and they think uh, the, the teachers in the school, they have bad behavior. Then they suspend and they stay home. So in that community, it's very hard to overcome. So, and the system is not as help you also. So uh, then it comes here uh, understanding what the system. For example, the high school children who has developmental disability, which they're really good this different area like art and other things. But after they finish transition program, transition program, they all stay home. No next steps. Twenty years old, twenty one is so young, and they can do a lot, but the parents don't know where they can go and any you know uh, case manager of social work if you don't talk and you don't ask what you needed they will not let you know you know where you can get the resources you needed in any time for in children going to high school also the struggle they're going to is for the IPA plan like individual education plan they don't know what works for the assessment if it's like children who born here they might do more than the way the assessment does because the assessment is based on child who born here whose language is first first language will be english 
So they might put the child like um, this too. His the, the, that child is struggling too thin. Cultural adjustment and the language barrier in his old developmentally disability. So now it's really hard for even what school have resources to child to get the education they need it. So they will say, what's the point to go in school? Or And also, uh, they spend it all the time, which is hard for them to go behind for their, their, their peer going to school. And, and the other thing is, like, they don't fit regular classes. And sometimes physically, or they, they don't fit the other special school. Then, then now comes the confusion here. And it's so hard for them to have the resources they needed. So it's hard between the teachers and the parents to communicate for that. That is one area we work, Abdi and I, to educate for the school and the parents to do parenting training and then tell them the school is not the only uh, work. We also have to p- come up plan to support those ch- children. So. Agency helps with disability. If you don't speak English, how they gonna help you for interpreter? Interpreter will be other challenges because the interpreter, they only have a limit money to help you, and then you cannot learn those short time. The solution. Yeah, for the not only children who are isolated home also. Those. Disabled ag- uh, adults, when they came here as adults, they have that dream. Every immigrant or refugees who came to this country, so they want to get a job, they want to get education, they want to get all that. But those organizations or who work with the disability, uh, who work with the refugees, like IRCO, like in Catholic Charity or other organizations, who bring people as a refugee here. When you come in this country, you have to go a process. There is a resettlement agency, such as Catholic Charity or Lutheran or SOR. Those are the biggest three organizations here. They bring you here, they connect you with IRCO. But the other refugees who came with you has to go to training, employment trainings, and there are some classes who, where um, uh, refugees have to go and get trainings. They, they teach you how to take the buses, how to apply jobs. It's all about until you get a job. So when you are disabled, there's nothing in those organizations. The only thing you have to get is they can help you to apply SSI then you apply SSI, then you stay home. So we have that dream everyone has, but not just uh, six or seven hundred dollars SSI. Then you can't even pay a rent to that one. Then staying home, it doesn't. So a lot of folks, also adults, are isolate home. They just uh, sit home doing nothing. They depend in translation uh, interpreters every clinic or everywhere they go they can they don't come ESL classes you don't see a lot of disabled folks or refugees who coming 
in BCC or the ESL classes or community colleges because they don't, they just isolate home, they stay home and they don't work. Those of us who say no, we can stay home and has to work very hard and we had a lot of challenges coming to PCC and going to ESL classes and through college. So finishing college, you don't get easily a job. I just graduate this year and I'm still looking for a job. Sarah graduated a couple years back <laughs> for her and, gra and undergrad then when she couldn't find a job, she has to go back to school for undergrad, which is very hard to get now. In So it's very challenging. And those of us who has the courage and very hardworking can do that. But a lot of folks who can speak English still, they are staying home and they just isolate. So for the ESOL, like when you want to take for ESOL classes, at least you need to know how you write your name and the basic thing because you have to take uh, the test to go which level you are. So most refugee people who live in with a disability, who live in a camps, they never had the opportunity to go there or they was born in refugee. That would be hard for them to have that opportunity because in, if they're under 18, they will never have the opportunity to 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 go for uh for the because if you uh under 21 20 under 20 you, you go public school which they do like they match your age for classes but if you are 21 and disabled then you're done you know you are not no no hope anymore no public school and how you're gonna get the bcc what will look like for you to take those classes so what we think about in Abdi and I, we thought like we can, you know, we're not only uh, struggling the system for ourselves to, to understand or to educate the system, like how we get what we needed. We also have to educate our own community leader and culture of those things, like community centers, <laughs> a cultural organization. So we found like an uh, organization that helped for the, uh, a refugee the community then we started uh, doing for English classes so then we can help people at least to know how to write their name and how to do it so they can go uh, BCC to apply for BC so Abdi is working that area a lot yeah um, that was something a solution we think me and Sarah just uh, we struggle and we come all the way here so how what can we change in the future generation, we just, uh, this struggle is not gonna go all the time. We did that challenges and how can, what can we change? We just think about that. So we started working with the, an organization and it's a small community, it's called ICO, African Youth Community Organization. And with Poland, Poland. Yeah, so we started working there. We started a disability project. When I was in school, Sarah created that 
project disability project in ICO. And now this year, when I graduate, I just join with them. And now I'm teaching ESL classes, not just a, I'm not a teacher or just a, I don't have experience with teaching, but I just think about, okay, what can you do? You just uh, go through the college, but you can at least teach basic English, the communication. And almost uh, my class, more than half, I can say 80% uh, have some sort of disability. So we are teaching them to go to BCC or other community college. At least they can learn how to write their names. And most of those students, those I teach, can't even write their name. We have to start at the beginning because back home they didn't get chance to go to school. They can't even write in their language, not just English. They can write in Somali also. So just, uh, I'm teaching that class, and I teach Wednesday and Thursday. Today was my class day, I teach from 10.30 to 11.30, is two hour class for two days. And also, not just that class, we work with the disability and healthcare project, and we get some referrals from Mid-County, Malama County Clinic. So we do assessments and what we can do, most of them are children who have some sort of disability, developmental disabilities. So we connect with school is how they get IAB and individual education plan. So what we think, were thinking was like how we we still struggle in understanding the system and we're not sure if we can get a job even though we work so hard, we're still looking at everything. But we thought like what where we are, how we can put the other people, like how at least. And first thing we think is the language is really important. So if people at least understand the language, they still they can speak themselves and you know then advocate themselves. So and that's what we thought like basically we can start. But what we're struggling is that a lot of people, first of all, don't know for that. There are people who live in here who cannot get the basic thing, you know, who cannot have a basic life because of their disability. And we, we, we learn that like a lot of disabled community even don't know what we're talking about. Like this stuff is not some a lot of people don't know we also want to uh, educate for the uh, organization helps and you know this in for how people can get the resources like how can we help so they can get their job easier so like students can go community college or can go those agency help for the disability or developmental disability services or like how you know people can get those resources from our challenges is that a lot of uh, the, the system for us, we're learning it and we're talking it, but we also need uh, support for other people to stand up to advocate for the community, for the refugee with a disability.
because what we're talking about sometimes the people are we talking to about they think like uh what it look like a lot of people they don't need it they just want to stay home but that's not the case people stay home isolated because they don't have the resources because they don't allow an open welcome to do the assess for the resources so we what we try to achieve tonight is that how you know this is what we're struggling we also want to educate the system in the community with the disability community so they can stand up or advocate for those refugee community and then and we can help more on help ourselves so yeah that's what we like to say and anything you add questions yeah i will add on um so the the solution is just not just come one time, but at least there are a lot of resources out there, and there's so many resources for the disability across disability in United States or the state has, and there is a blind commission, there is a vocational rehabilitation for disability, there is community colleges who teach e English classes. But for this disability refugee folks, it's not easy for them to get that resources out there. And those also, and we're trying to educate also those community or cultural organizations or those specific refugee organizations like IRCO and Catholic Charity and all those, at least to do something to change when the refugee come, if the family, most of the families or refugees who are coming have some disabled in their family, some dis uh, disabled person because they are coming from war-torn countries and even those who ha doesn't have physical disabled have some sort of trauma and because they come from a war and very terrible countries. So at least to get uh, some resources, to connect other resources, because we don't have capacity to do everything, but there is resources out there. To connect the vocational rehabilitation, me and Sarah, we work with ICO. Those and individuals we work with, we just bring out couple people now. There is a there is Abdi. He's not here tonight, and we call Abdi too. <laughs> when you know, when he's in our group, he was in. Today, yeah. yeah, he's working today, and he was with the disability justice training with us, and he got a. Not a job, but a project uh, which vocational rehabilitation connected with. So we're trying at least uh, to bring out people from home and isolation to connect with other resources. Vocational rehabilitation, if they can give trainings people, if they can find a job, if they can, or if there's some, some other folks now we, tell to apply the in city of the program they call uh, Disability Leadership Academic. 
language, the, the language barriers there. They can even, if we send people to PCC, they can just even, they don't speak English and they can't write even their names. So even the first level in BCC, you have to understand what the teacher is saying. If you just sit there and you can't write your name, and you have to start ABC and learn how to, how to write the alphabetics. So in my class now, it's just very basic. I am teaching at least basic things. Then when I connect with a, it's called BBT, Bible Blazes Things. Yeah, they teach in money libraries. They have classes. So I connect with BTT, and I send some of my students to their class in the libraries. They go to Rogwood Library, Midland Library, and any schedule I try, I try to schedule their classes if they if there's some folks can go there. It's very basic. In BTT, I went to their trainings and the way they teach is not BCC teachings. Like they teach it very basic, and there's a lot of um, it's all. They come from many different countries and it's intercultural. Very good classes. I'm trying instead of those Somali speaking only classes, I wanna send them to BTT classes in the libraries. Then the other time they will come to BCC, those big classes. Even the ESL, I think the level one, level two, level three, it's still, you need to know some basic things. You need. The teachers who teach the ESL, it's native speaks English. You have to, to understand what they are saying, you have to understand their language first. So that's what we are trying. And we are bringing people, still trying at least out and connect with PCC and other resources out there. We tell you what we like to tell you, so we are ready to ask questions. After the presentation, Sara and Abdi held a Q&A. We've taken out the audience's questions from the recording. What follows here are just the answers. So the difference is that uh, somebody, for example, who are deaf, they have to learn the language in the sign language at the same time. So those kind of resources is so hard when they try to go ESOL classes because and uh, the process and I, I think is how they're gonna go there. That would be some uh, challenges they face. And the second is that and if the person doesn't uh, know how to write, sometimes it's in. It's, it's so hard to, to, to first they, f and for for IRCO, for example, people stay eight months and then they get the resources from there to go BCC. So the PCC though they they will not have that opportunity to first place to know if they're accepted for to apply 
for BCC or where they start for final test. It comes like you have to come here, register the classes, go the orientation, and you also you know find out how you're gonna get there and go there. So for the for the individual with a disability, need to know those resources where they can get. For example, uh, if you're blind, you need to learn how to take the transportation here. You know, to do that, you know, before you get that, maybe a lift bus will be accessible. If you don't know where you get the lift bus or right connection, those kind of resources, it's so hard for them to know. So there is no resources for them to know how you're gonna get here, and also in in how you navigate for for the language because you 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 have to do extra work for the to get the resources like you have to take a couple of steps to get there so the place first we come which is the immigrant area in a cultural organization um, they will not let you know a lot those kind of thing and the other thing is that they're not going to make you easy for you to get those resources because uh, they don't think it's valuable or you know too much extra work for them the case manager to to teach for the individual for the because they have to teach everybody for the transportation but the case manager will not take those kind of time a lot to do those work for the extra uh, uh, help that individual needed so now it comes like you know those uh, barrier will make easy will make it difficult for the person to say it's true I might not learn the language anymore you want to add something? Okay, I will add only because also some of the disabled refugees and those non-disabled, even where they came from, refugee camps or their countries, they didn't get the opportunity that non-disabled get because if you're disabled back in Africa, you don't go to school. So then, and when you came here, like, you just come through resettlement agencies and they connected you with IRCO. Then you go to IRCO, IRCO, they have employment trainings. Those classes they teach through, you have to be someone who ready to work. It's employed only. They teach you how to fill the forms. They just teach you the, some basic skills. And they connect, they make you one caseworker who just, uh, you take a couple weeks of trainings, how to do the resumes and how to fill the forms when you apply the jobs. Then the other day is, okay, we apply this job and we apply maybe some hotel or cleanings or somewhere, then the other day, okay, you have job interview. But if you are disabled, you are not ready that you just came this country now, you are not ready to get a job. And even you can't go through a job because it's not accessible on a lot of things. Okay, you said, okay, I wanna learn English first before I go to, and Work, okay, you are not ready to work then, okay. Just uh, take your SSI and stay home. They just close your course. You don't get, the refugees when they come, they give bus passes, 
and they connect with a it's employed. If you are not ready to job in that time, you don't get bus pass. That's what happened to me. They closed, they closed my case the first month. They said, you don't get bus pass? Okay. Then they closed my case because I'm, I was not ready. I was not physically ready employed that time because I wanted to go to college and so they close your case. That's one thing that happened. Even if you know you find the individual to go BCC or like you know work with the BCC, find solution, then they can make you difficult to get the bus ticket again. And the person doesn't have a resources. I think one will be the staff lack information how they gonna teach or like training there, like how what will be possible. Somebody with a disability can learn anything. That will be something difficult to, for them to understand because most people who work there is also come a background, culture, different languages, and at the same time, it's like uh, it's it's hard even. If you go there and try to uh, explain that this is possible for the individual to learn, but they're not making you know uh, easier or allowing or accessible for the individual to be there. One will be that my understanding is for the lack of training or understanding about the disability. And the other thing is like those agency, you know, the state or county or the uh, or whoever getting the resources, the people, our problem is like, they will ask able body to talk about us, you know, <laughs> and the, how do they know what we need? So the, they ask the leader who are not disabled, or they will ask, you know, uh, okay, they will speak, oh, this to say, we are collective culture. This is how we do. So they never ask us or listen or, or like, talk about uh, what we think they can learn and how we can learn. And the idea is like, oh, you're blind. Everybody blind need the same thing. Everybody just need the same thing. That kind of philosophy is there also. And my frustration is always was, who are they getting the information? Because people who live in the experience, they're not listening. And how are you going to do the work if you don't want to listen and learn we're not asking you to do a lot of work we're just asking you what you have how you can include people you you already have the resources and the money you're looking we just want to be participated and we will help you to do that we would like to work with you to teach you that because we are the one who lift who knows who challenge see it who overcome it and i think we can do it if you are work with us to add something a little bit about <laughs> Because one time we met with the organizations to talk about these issues. As you said, they were talking about resources. We don't have the resources. We don't have the money to do that. We said we'd, we, don't, we didn't come here to just uh, to create a program which needs a lot of money. We need inclusion. You already have the resources there. We just in, include those resources. Because you are helping the refugees, then we are the refugees. You are helping these people, then we need inclusion, just not to create a program for 
or separation or maybe segregation. Isolated. Yeah. <laughs> Again. So what we're saying is that there are organizations helping for the refugee, but then it's true they're not working with the disabled people. They don't know how to work with the disability people. We also saying that the, if we wanna uh, try to connect for the agency, not immigrant or refugee uh, cultural for the state of county level here, also it's a lack understanding about how they can help somebody who are refugee. You know how they gonna get the resources. The intake takes forever for the individual to get for DDS, for example. You know, the mom will call and the, you know, the child behavior, they need a case manager. It takes two years sometimes to get the first stop. And that will be like, we're gonna connect you with interpreter. You have a one minute, if interpreter call you and you didn't answer and you leave a message, you don't know how to call back for the parents, so they make your appointment, you didn't show up. So those confusion is there. And then a case manager also don't know how to deal, uh, for how to help, or how to work with them. What we're trying to say is like, we will let you know how to do this. The easy way, the better way, and you can get a job, your job will be easier, and these people also get to know the risk. Some people are open mind to case managers to hear that, but what, what, what we learn all the time is that it will be a educational level there, which, may, which I think it will make easier for people to participate, like to get those resources. You know, it's so hard when you work so hard and you try to get the job and then you went there and the job will be not accessible, then you feel really, really failure. You know, you, you can believe that, okay, what's the point for me going this whole process if it's not working, you know? And that communication is the, is the key for, for people, refugees, to have the opportunity to understand those basic things and to learn that, understand, like even to know that what you should ask, what is your right even to ask the job. Sometimes we don't know like what will be, you know. One thing, you know, we do is survivor and work hard, but it's always good to know like when you have to know like what is your right and what you have to have, uh, you know, to succeed. I think most of the stuff, what we, where we learn is the teachers. The teachers is one who stand up for us. The teachers who, who try to learn the, our style. The teachers is who's the one sad the need we have and how much we really hungry to learn this. And any time we face challenges, those the teachers who I always, always remember for me, because they're the one who understood. Because we also come, you know, people come different culture. Like for us, it's oral. It's very oral things. And in English, never follow the grammar. There's no rule for, for grammar to learn. And sometimes it's like, you know, you have to put your brain organized for the subject, you know, those stuff. And anytime, you know, uh, they take the time to learn. If my ESOL teachers, my community teachers, and my Portland State teachers did not see I have the capacity, I, I don't think I will be 
there, you know, I will be there. So the teacher, one thing they can do is, you know, you know, sometimes it's like, and my surprising was for me, most stuff I'm learning, I learn for surviving skill. And when I went to the college and studying, this is now what we call this, coping and <laughs> this and oh, same thing. You know, sometimes experience teaches a lot of things, you know, for, for people to have, like we expert our own way and at the same time, uh, people, teachers taking the time to see and to help you and that really what makes a big difference. And I think a lot of people even never have a hand writing before. And they are really can have that opportunity if the teachers take the time. I know they have to teach a lot of people and too much papers and too much privacy. <laughs> but that's how we succeeded. Teachers play a big role for the successful, for disabled refugee with student. And yeah, and the resources is, is huge. If you don't know what to ask, even what are you gonna say when you go there? You have no idea like how many times I hear other students saying, oh, you can get this. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Then I can ask. Yeah. <laughs> so that really is huge for not knowing. And, and the other thing is like if you know, people like agency like that, or the you know organization help of uh, disability wants to know something. The first people they call is the people who don't know this, <laughs> and I'm just frustrated. <laughs> and what they gonna say? <laughs> Nothing. And they say like sometimes people like I a lot of other people respect big time, but they will ask me. Are you serious? You're not gonna see. You don't see. And I say, last time I know, I don't see it. So I'm still blind. <laughs> but I can think. <laughs> you know, if you give me chance. <laughs> so the resources is something huge. You know, and and the and the attitude also big thing. You know, if if they change just the attitude and we asking something, we have right to have it. We're not even asking more. We're just asking the basic thing. And that cultural organization is the basic thing people came in the beginning if they don't get that motivator there. And you, how many times, like if, even if you're working hard and you think you're doing a lot, sometimes you just feel like maybe I'm just getting tired and never, nothing is gonna change. You apply this job, you apply this job and you never get it or you don't drive or this kind of conversation. And then you will think about, okay, maybe this is not gonna ha work. Maybe it's true, nothing will work. And then you have to push yourself all the time. And then those organizations, they will call other people and just that's really frustration. So education, I think, and working together, then I think we can help a lot. So we just asking people to get the basic thing. Yeah, education and resources are the, the big things. And there's already resources there. If I go back to questions, how your teachers helps you. And I was in BCC and I appreciate my ESL teachers and every <laughs> teacher who teach me something. And also 
getting the resources, DRC, disability resources there. Um, because if you don't know how to access those resources, you can get it. But like, for me, I, I had a struggle before. When I was coming here, I, I speak a little English, but when I take ESL placement test, they place me. Our ESL instructors here, they place me level six, and which is credit class also. So I started there, and they think, uh, I've been living in South Africa before I came here, and South Africa they speak English. So I was good in communication. So that's big things, I was only very, and need and help for writing and those things, but communication was, the communication is very important. If you can communicate person, if you, they send me the DRC and then I can communicate. I don't need interpreter. So, but if you, the small thing you need, if you need interpreter, that's not gonna work for you. You can't even explain what you want directly. So language barrier is very big. And, but there is a resources there and we appreciate that. But if you know those resources, who, how to get it, that's how you succeed. Mm -hmm. I was in BCC, it helps me getting what I need. And we are getting our emails every, before class registration started, we have Priority registration. <laughs> we register our classes before other <laughs> students. We have that privilege also. And before your classes starts, you have to go to your DRC and we ha you have to go online and submit. And now everything they make online. And if you don't know that, how to use that online system, it's very hard. So. What do you need? I need an, that chair, that specific chair. They bring me. I need okay, and break in during classes. All that is available for us, and it helped me. Don't forget. So, don't forget. Just yeah, it's just enough. <laughs> I don't know how we can. So the resources are there, and we appreciate having that, and. We just uh, succeed in that, having that resources. But those who cannot access the resources, how they came to get that resources, that's the big thing. And that's what we are working. Um, at least those students I'm working now, if they wanna learn how to write their name and how to fill the application, when they go to BCC and they can communicate with their teacher, an ESL class teacher. That's how you go the second level, the third level, the fourth level. Then if you have a dream to go to college, that's the second or third level. If you wanna do GED or learn some technical things, that's how you wanna go. Yeah. So you have to know that. ARCO is an African Youth Community Organization. Okay. It's African, African Youth Community Organization and uh, we have been working there as a volunteer before, yeah. but now we just get some grants um, because we need some resources. 
for example, uh, those cultural organization who, you know, because when family comes, if they have six people, two of them disabled, they all have to go that organization, ERCO, to, to learn the language. So the ERCO has to include everybody. Everybody. And also have to work with the BCC for them to be able to build the basics so, you know, working together. But I think for us, we tried to go there and educate them. Mm -hmm. We didn't succeed. Mm -hmm. So we are looking how do we help them? Anybody else who have idea, yeah, looking. I think mostly people with disability left behind. When the refugee came, the state has a resettlement program which they help eight months refugees. So that eight months you have to become independent economically and to get a job, it's just eight months. So when you come through that eight months, it starts, you get some cash they assign you, and you have to go to IRCO, take the employment training. IRCO has to find you a job to get out of their system. In eight months, if you don't get job, then money stop. the service stop it then you have to struggle right. go. But if you are disabled, they connected you the resource, uh, the disability benefit in Social Security, the SSI, you are available for folks to help. I like to say like, what, what is happening for the eight months? Everybody is difficult to go those three, eight months. For anyone who's new this country, it's really hard to navigate for eight months. For, for my argument what is, for those eight months, we will love to have the opportunity to be there, to have the English classes, to have, like, they have a lot of activity there, family, staff, and we want those eight months, if they even focus it, to get the, the, the disabled person for the resources, like this what exists, you know. If you are this, you can go this here. You can learn from here. If you're blind, you can go there. If you are, you know, you need this area, those resources. If they, they can do the employment they do in it, they can do the connection for the other things. They can do the DDS for the application. And the SSI is first paper they fill out. What that means is 100 people will come after that. That individual is it themselves to figure out. The first paper, if they do, that's over for them. So that individual will go, okay, what next? You need to see psychology doctor. You have to prove you're disabled. It takes eight months and nine months. Sometimes it's between the eight months, the person will not get the SSI still. But what I'm asking them is, those eight months, you're allowing everybody, what will be resources for them we can use there? It could be the language, it could be connecting, you know, educating, like how they're gonna get the resources for the, each individual goes, like where they can have that opportunity. If they f they're not focusing on that because the other job they think is priority is more 
important than somebody like me who comes there. What are you looking? We don't have anything for you. And you just go. But I can learn the language. I, they can connect to me BCC. They can connect to me commission folder. But they can do a lot of things. And then I can be, okay, now next level. Yeah, something exists there. So those basic things, how they gonna take that? They don't think that is important. Of course, they will say, we follow in ADA, <laughs> you know? The building accessible, we not discriminate anybody. Everything accessible. Just everything accessible, that's for the ADA, that's it. Even they have a big wall there for picture for 25. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I go there and really, really make difficult people to go there for disabled people, so now when when person is, is there for working, but every day he's, he's having a hard time there, but I don't know how long he will stay there. Because I just thought maybe if somebody walked there, they can change the attitude, but they're making hell. It's so hard if they're making you hell if you walk there. <laughs> it's difficult. So it's still, it's, it's, it's hard for anybody, I I think, because what we like to change the attitude is that the disabled person doesn't need only to get SSI, but they need the other area. And they're okay for them to let her know if you have a job, the job they can do, let them know. Let to advocate them, let apply them, let talk to them, let who, which organization will advocate for them, connect with them. So it doesn't have to be like, oh, you can stay home, you can. Yeah, for the first, yes. yeah, for the first eight months, you're in refugee, and in that program for the refugee, that eight months, most of the disabled folks who came here, they are not even ready. They go through with the doctors. They go through a lot of things because they. They come from, uh, most of them refugee camps, they come from countries that where they have to go through, sometimes they, they need doctors, they need, maybe they hospitalize it, they go through surgeries, they go because they didn't get where they came from, proper medication, I mean, uh, medical equipment. So, for example, in, African youth community, I where I walk, <coughs> we get some referrals from Malama County, Mid County Clinic. So the clinic, the doctors refer us some new refugees with dis disabled who just came. And I have a client now. He has been in this country in one year. He didn't get a wheelchair still. It's processing. I was talking with him today, and mm -hmm. he has been waiting one year. I talked to the doctor and the community health worker there. They said, what is going on? Oh, we send it to New Motion, and New Motion <laughs> is... Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we send a New Motion, New Motion. Not just... A, it's more than one year. He has been... They send someone who did the measurement at home, and they send... A, physical therapy or OT who did the measurement of things. 
a new motion still is processing his wheelchair. He got a big hospital wheelchair he can't push. Yeah. You see those wheelchairs? You, I know. They designed the hospital only to push someone. Yeah. And he has been almost one year and a half in this country. He doesn't have his wheelchair. Yeah. I was telling him, why you don't come to the ESL class? He said, how do, I push? I, how do I push this wheelchair? And it's raining. I can't take a bus. So I told him to come tomorrow and we will talk to New Motion and we'll see what's, <laughs> what is going on. Oh. New Motion, it's a company who deal with the wheelchairs. I went through that when I came here. The doctor has to send the prescription to New Motion. New Motion has to go through the insurance, uh, the OHB, uh, the insurance. Uh, insurance has to provide. They send you someone who did the measure, uh, to do the measurement. Then when they get the insurance approval, you have to wait to order the wheelchair new motion. Yeah, I was thinking like the, it would be easy first place they arrive, the case manager to start that process. That would be something they can do, those organizations. Yeah, at least if they start the process and help them to get those steel resources, that, that would be something they can, I think they can do it. Yeah, it's very hard. When you know the system, how it works, you know where to start. Uh, on where, if you know the language, you know how you contact with, the, mm -hmm. with your provider. You know how to contact the where you want to get the resources. You can get easily what you want, but as you said, the gatekeeper is like, there is a language barrier. You don't know where to start. And like the example I was giving this gentleman who is waiting his wheelchair a year, he doesn't know where he contacted. There's a language barrier there. He can call motion he just uh, go to the doctor oh I just uh, send the wheelchair and they, d they didn't call you yet <laughs> <laughs> so you don't know where well, it's yeah. very hard we want people to help us to advocate this refugee with a disability we want people to uh, participate what they can do when they see uh, individual with disability is going. We need, we need uh, uh, special people who understand what we're trying to say, like the process to stand up as the advocate and help us. How the people who know better us for the system and uh, you know, to anybody who can help, we really want to help because we cannot do ourselves this, and we need your voice and your advocacy and to us to help this process to educate the system and the resources for so people will not be isolated at home. We also want an uh, organization or the advocacy community to ask people who lift process than everybody who knows who doesn't know a lot about this system. They come in maybe good way in their own, but they, 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 they really don't know about this issue, so yeah.
Thank you for coming and listening. Or it's getting before getting solution just to, to know that there is a problem. So we are here for just the awareness that these things are exist and the refugees need that resources. That's what we wanna. And then thank you for listening us. Um, Thank you for your time. Every episode is transcribed. Links, guest info, and transcripts are all at whoamitostopit.com, my disability arts blog. I'm Cheryl, and this, this is, is Pigeonhole. 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 Don't sit where society puts you.